When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Orchestra Teacher Podcast. Welcome to the Orchestra Teacher Podcast. Uh, my name is Charles Laux. I'm your host. We are sitting here in Chicago uh, for the Midwest Clinic. Uh, we are on the 14th floor of the Marriott Marquis. Uh, uh, took an early flight this morning, 6.20 a.m. out of Atlanta, Georgia. And I am sitting here um, with Mr. David Metrio from... Ooh. Lanier High School <laughs> in Gwinnett County, Georgia. Um, David is uh, a former student of mine from when I was at Kennesaw State, um, but a, an absolute rock star in our string profession. Um, and what year are you in at uh, Lanier right now? This is my third year at Lanier. And okay. before we get started, I'm also going to apologize for my voice for everybody who's listening. I uh, caught a little cold before my flight over here, and I don't think the, uh, the dry airplane helped any, so I sound a little bit... Um, Rough, but bear with us, please. <laughs> well, that, that's totally okay, and uh, you are um, officially on winter break now. Yes, thank you. Well, the kids are still in school till Friday, but my principal is super great, and he is um, very supportive of professional development, so he lets us take Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday very um, nice. as professional days. And so yeah. I gave my finals Monday and Tuesday, finalized my grades last night, and then now we're here. Now you can relax. <laughs> yeah. And that's, um, that's the great thing about Midwest. It, it's the great thing. And the difficult thing is um, the, the time of year. So it can be crazy, but once uh, everything is done, you feel a lot better. But it's, a, it's like a, a carrot that, that we get to hold over ourselves. We know that by the end of the semester, <laughs> if we're good, we get to go hang out in Chicago. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So I'm looking forward to... Um, all of the performances and sessions have um, lots of friends from a profession that will be presenting. Um, first concert this morning is going to be uh, Chris Selby's group from um, South Carolina. I'm looking forward to hearing that and lots of great sessions here at Midwest. So um, we have uh, David as our guest. And so we're just going to um, kind of go through and, and ask him some questions and kind of start up a little conversation. But uh, can you tell us a little bit about your current position, where you are and where it's located and what you do? And yeah, so I, I work at Lanier High School um, in northern Gwinnett County, Georgia. Um, it's right up by Lake Lanier, which is a big um, reservoir, I suppose. It feeds water mm -hmm. to most of that area of the country. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, it's very interesting. That does a lot of things to the school. Um, I went to Lanier Middle School. Actually, I grew up in that area. Mm. Um, and then I went to North Gwinnett High School. And so... Um, Lanier High School wasn't, was built to alleviate the population of North Gwinnett High School, so the population from Lanier High came um, exclusively from, from the population of what was North Gwinnett High School. Okay. So um, when I was at Lanier Middle School, my parents moved to the city of Suwannee, so even if Lanier would have been built, I would have still gone to North Gwinnett mm -hmm. High School because I would have ended up going to North mm -hmm. Gwinnett Middle. But at the time, it was just Lanier Middle and North Gwinnett High, so that's, that's what I did. But it's interesting the way the school is set up. It's by a lake, and so any kid that lives in Gwinnett County lines 
and lives on the lake comes to Lanier High. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, those are million-dollar houses, and, and a lot of the kids are, are lake kids, and so they're pretty mm -hmm. affluent. But we have three large mobile home communities that also feed our school. And so in any given class, um, I'll have, you know, kids that live in a $3 million lake house, and I'll have kids that live in a, um, in a mobile home. Mm -hmm. And Good diversity. It's very diverse. And really, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference in class. You know, obviously, you know, it, well, during class, you won't be able to tell the difference. The kids sit next to each other, so fine. Everybody gets along. The school Great. is, you know, I haven't worked anywhere else, and so I don't know. Maybe this happens everywhere and everywhere, but I really feel like the school is just so chill. I mean, the kids are so relaxed. Like, we'll go through, since I've been there, we've never had more than two fights in a school year. Last mm -hmm. school year, we went the whole school year with one fight. Wow. I mean, the kids are super relaxed. I mean, everybody seems to be friendly. Yeah. All the kids seem to have their, their friends. And even if, you know, there's cliques like any school, it seems like. But, but even within them, everybody seems to be nice to each other. So it's a very pleasant place. It's just That's a happy great. place. The it's kids seem to be happy. All the faculty seems to be pretty happy. Nice so to work in an environment. Yeah, that, it's super great. I really love it. Um, and so This is your first position. Yes. Straight out of college. Yes. And, um, and how many students do you have? Um, when I started there, I taught just under 120, mm -hmm. and now I have just under 180. I wow. Think I'm at 176. Short time. You've done um, a lot of building. Yeah, it's been really nice. A lot of the kids um, that had quit um, after my first year there came back, um, and I've, um, I've stolen some really good recruitment um, techniques from some of my colleagues in the area that have worked really well, and so I've managed to keep um, the vast majority eighth graders. I only have one feeder. Okay. Um, and their numbers um, in the past couple of years are, um, you know, not as big as they used to be. But I still manage to grow because I, I keep most of the You retain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that so retention piece is huge. So last year they had 46 eighth graders, and I kept 43 of them. Great. Um, which is nice. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so there's growth. There's mm -hmm. steady growth. And how many classes do you have? I have four orchestras, and I teach a keyboarding class. A huge keyboarding class. Okay. Yeah, and you know, I, I don't have to teach a keyboarding class anymore. When I started there, I taught two of them. Okay. And after my first year, when they saw that the, because the, the bulk of my growth happened between the first and the second year, um, they saw the number of kids that had registered, and they told me, you know, you don't really need to teach this anymore. But, but I like teaching the keyboarding because I don't, I don't want the pressure of filling five classes. I like to have bigger, younger groups. Like my sure. freshman orchestra, mm -hmm. I would love to be fifty kids. Right. And then my next level up, I would love to be fifty or sixty kids, um, because there's just power in numbers. There and is. You feel a little more comfortable playing, and when I ask. First violins to do something. I'm asking 12 kids and not five. Right, you know? right. And so yeah, they don't feel as shy. I feel like they make good progress. And then in my other two groups, um, they, they obviously get smaller as they get more advanced. But okay. those kids can handle that. So how, how does do you have a freshman orchestra? How does it work? Yeah, four levels. I have freshmen. And then um, after freshmen, everybody's been into symphonic orchestras, non-audition. And in order to get out of that orchestra, to be in the other two groups, um, you have to audition. So my okay. next level after symphonic is philharmonic, mm -hmm. um, and then chamber after that. Okay, cool, yeah. cool. So everybody, regardless of their level, is in the freshman orchestra. Yeah, if I've got a real hot shot, like has been in all, like this year I have two um, that are all state freshmen that I put right into chamber. Okay, um, last ready year for that. I didn't yeah. have any, and so okay. everybody went into. And even though I had a couple of kids that were really very talented, they. They were not at the level of audition for all, so they hadn't been taking lessons. They were just they're naturally gifted, but they needed to be groomed a little bit and, mm -hmm. and, and kind of exposed to some new stuff. So they were all in the freshman orchestra. Do you have uh, any kickback from kids who you know maybe aren't uh, all state level, but think that they're good enough for their your second top group, second from the hasn't top? hasn't happened yet. Okay. <laughs> okay. When I go visit the the middle school, I kind of tell them, and actually I use it as a 
as a recruitment tool, I'll say, you know, it'll be nice for you to have a class with everybody that you knew from middle school orchestra. Mm-hmm. You'll all be in the same class and you'll have familiar right. faces. And, and I say, you know, if you, I already know about you and we've already talked. If you are um, advanced, then we can sure. speak about that. But, you know, if we haven't had the conversation yet, then, then you'll be in the freshman orchestra and, and you'll enjoy it. And then from there, you know, mm-hmm. you have three other years to grow into the other groups and it, it hasn't been a problem so far. Yeah. What are some of the things that you do to help retain the students? I know obviously good teaching is a part of that and kids will follow a good teacher yeah. and good experiences but what are some of maybe the some of the things that you really think about and focus on and or have so worked I, on i took a lot of these ideas from where a student taught because they've got amazing retention over there I student taught duluth high school with uh, sean morton and peter lemons and mm-hmm. and they've got great uh retention from middle school to high school and then within the high school program itself they very rarely have, have kids drop and so just when i was student teaching i mean part of what they taught me was a couple of things that they did and so um, I'll get a roster from my middle school feeder, Carolyn, um, mm-hmm. and she'll send me a list of all her eighth graders. And then I will assign my chamber orchestra kids, or if, depending on how many eighth graders there are, my top two groups, and everybody, I'll assign them an eighth grader to write a letter. And I'll give them a template. Wow. You know, tell them about our, our trips that we've gone on, tell them about the parade that we march in, tell them about the, um, whatever, anything Concerts, fun. anything the we do. Sure. that we do, the, this happened, and we won... Uh, first place in the linear homecoming parade and all that kind of fun <laughs> stuff and whatever. And they'll write them a letter and I have a length requirement and I read through every letter. Um, to make sure it's... Not because the kids are going to say anything bad. But right, because right. Because some of what they think is funny is funny, but probably not what I, you know, I mean... <laughs> Might be taken the yeah, wrong way. Yeah, sure. yeah, I'd rather not risk it. And so every once in a while I'll have to throw together a last minute letter myself mm-hmm. as if I was a... 16-year-old in my chamber orchestra, but, you know, the kids don't know. And, and then when they get to freshman orchestra, I'll say, you know, I wrote you your letter. You didn't know that, but I wrote you your letter, and we laugh about it, and it's fine. But, yeah, so I'll write them a letter. I try and go once a month at least um, to the middle school, um, and that's been that's worked out so far. Um, mm-hmm. they, they've got a, a funky schedule, and it doesn't always line up with our schedule. So when I can get there, I do. Um, and, you know, I kind of – I tell them – I'll be honest, I don't even – I'm pretty sure this is still true, but when I was in high school, we <laughs> had to take a fine arts credit to graduate. I'm, I'm like 99% certain that's still true. I haven't really asked my curriculum maybe if that's <laughs> still the case, but whatever. I show up there and I say, listen here, you got to take a fine arts credit to graduate, at least one. You already have this instrument. You know how to play it. Give me a year. Sign up for my freshman workshop. Yep. Meet the graduation requirement, and then if you don't like it after a year, we'll figure out where else yep. to put you. You, you hook them. And they're, they're fine. They're there, when yeah. you know, so it works out. So I probably should uh, double-check my facts there <laughs> until somebody calls me on You're just lying but, to the know, kids. Until then, I think I'm going to keep my, my technique. It seems to work. You know, it's working. <laughs> and, I, and they probably have to have some kind of arts credit, I'm guessing. But, yeah. They've got to have some. I'm pretty sure they've got to have one yeah. credit of a fine art in high school to graduate. I'm almost certain. Okay. So, like, okay, so you grew up in Gwinnett County. And your, your primary instrument is double bass. Yes. Um, like when did you start playing? Was it? I started playing and I, I won the lottery, um, as far as middle school orchestra goes. Um, I, so I was actually born in South America. I was born in Colombia. And when I was two, I immigrated to the U S. Um, I moved to Jersey Mm. and in Jersey, um, it's not as, it's not as much of a hotbed. It's not as standard to have orchestra in all the public schools like it is in in Metro Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And so totally unrelated, um, in elementary school. My parents moved us to Atlanta, not thinking about anything other than really weather and, oh. <laughs> and, and affordability. I mean, sure, yeah. my parents are from South America, and, and so they weren't used to the cold in Jersey. And then so we moved to Atlanta. My mom had a friend in Atlanta. She visited for a weekend. They liked it. Six months later, we moved here. Wow. Um, okay. And we ended up in Tucker, Georgia. 
Okay. And after only about two to three months of that, um, my parents bought a house in Sugar Hill, Georgia. And I went to Lanier Middle. And how lucky was I to end up at Lanier Middle School when um, Sarah Ball and Amy Clement were teaching there. And I also had um, a couple other people teaching me, um, Kinsey Edwards and Elena Morris. And a couple. Anyway, mm-hmm. I always had three great, great directors. teachers. Yeah, you great, had amazing <laughs> teachers, right? Yeah, legendary so status there. I knew after like the first or second week of sixth grade orchestra that these were my people. I started piano when I was six. Um, and so I did start that in Jersey. I started piano lessons, and then mm-hmm. I showed up to my instrument tryout, and and yeah, that was it. I, I, I was it. I wanted to be in the orchestra, and mm-hmm. then after a week or two of of being an orchestra, I knew I wanted to be an orchestra teacher. I mean, I was just that was it. I thought it was the coolest thing that you get all those kids. I mean, I always had classes. I was one of eighty or ninety kids at a time, yeah. but everybody was on the what? on the same path. Everybody was doing the same thing. We were making yeah. music. It was fantastic. Well, you had you had passion, you know. And um, I remember when you came in as a freshman, you were not. Uh, freshman to uh, to college at Kennesaw yeah. State when I was there, you were not the typical freshman. You were kind of, you had the mindset of what you already wanted to do. You knew yeah, what you were yeah. doing. You were there, you know. I mean, obviously, you learned a lot as you went, but you were already very well in the right mindset and prepared and had the right vibe and, and all that just to, that you knew exactly what you wanted to do. Yeah, I knew pretty young. And, and actually, I remember my freshman year of college, um, you had a, a student who was supposed to conduct a piece for the secondary orchestra or whatever, and it didn't, right. work, didn't work out. So, you know, I went to your office and said, can I do it as a freshman? And now you went up there as a freshman, <laughs> and then I had you go up, and, and you kind of just blew everybody away and, and your read-through of the piece. And was it, uh, uh, the was rudder, it movement, movement of the rudder suite? Oh, movement of the rudder. And, you know, I was, I was really lucky in high school, too. My orchestra director in high school that I had for the majority of high school, Christine, um, she let me do a lot of that. I mean, she would let me on the podium all the time. She would, by my time I was a senior, she would pretty much let me do a piece you know, every I, concert. I, I look at I look at my program and I realize that that I'm kind of missing that, and I need to do definitely more of of that of getting my students to buy into a profession. That's one of our. That should be one of our goals as string teachers is to yeah. advance the profession and continue to. Uh, recruit more students to do it and we're actually going to be doing um one of our um one of our focuses in the k-12 uh committee is is just that is mm. for asta is to promote the profession so i definitely need to do more of that and you're like definitely a a product and a result of a teacher allowing you that time on the podium yeah. and to to you know just to get up there and start doing you know yeah, you know what? And it actually, now that I think about it too, I lucked out in middle school too. In seventh grade, I it was my first student conducting gig, and I conducted the Mango Tango. Uh, and <laughs> say, I remember uh, Sarah let me pick the piece, and I said, <laughs> "I said this is a tango. This is the sounds of my people. I know this. All right, I think that's South America." And so she laughed, whatever. And it was, and it was, yeah. She let me do it in the seventh grade, and I, I was a rebel in my seventh grade year. That was my like time to rebel or whatever. <laughs> So I was, I was still a rebel. Doing, I was doing pretty poorly in school, and uh, I had to have a meeting with an administrator because they were gonna oh. not let me do that. It was a whole, and Sarah and Amy went to bat for me, and, and it worked out. But I was, yeah, seventh grade year was my rebellious it's time a, in life. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, it's very cool that um, you had them for middle school, and then you're not, yeah. now your colleagues with them. Yeah, it's really they, it's, they. We work like two miles away from each other. It's pretty cool. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. And besides all the work you're doing at Lanier, you're also the uh, con- one of the conductors of the youth orchestra program, the Georgia Youth Symphony Orchestra, mm-hmm. we call it GISO. Yep. Can you tell us a little bit about your your work there? Yeah, sure can. Um, so um, the Georgia Youth Symphony Orchestra is the largest youth orchestra network in the southeast. It encompasses over 400 students. Wow. 
Um, I can't even tell you how many ensembles they have, but I know they have five orchestras because they've got percussion ensemble, a choir, a string quartet, a brass ensemble, a flute choir. They do, they do lots of mm-hmm. stuff, and so I don't really know how many so total. It's not ensembles just like a youth is. orchestra; it's like a, it's like a youth whole program with kind of thing. yeah. Um, and I um, I conduct the group that you used to conduct, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Camerata, um, and so it's their youngest full orchestra, which presents. Um, Lots of challenges. Lots of challenges, <laughs> yeah. but it's very satisfying, actually. I've really, really enjoyed it. It's been very, um, it's, it's, I've, needed, I put, I've put in a lot of work to be able to be sure. comfortable in that um, scenario. And, and, I mean, at this point, like today, I can like read a, a French horn line and, and play the sounding pitches on my violin when I'm, when I'm, yeah. teaching, just to help them out a but little bit. But the only way you learn how to do it is by but man, doing that. that took me forever. I mean, I, for the first um, two years for every concert, I wrote every transposed pitch underneath the mm-hmm. the every instrument that transposed, just so I would know what I was saying and whatever. And I ask my band director friends all the time, um, "What do I say about this? What do I say about this?" And they're good about getting us um, clinicians every once in a while to help with that. Um, but it's great. I mean, the ensemble is about a hundred kids, and the mm-hmm. winds of brass instrumentation is is um, different every year. Right. But this yeah. year especially has been a great instrumentation. I mean. The kids are really at a different level. They've restructured a little bit. The kids doubling, doubling and tripling parts. A little yeah, bit. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I'll the, have, wind, the wind players. The wind players. Yeah. I've got um, uh, like six flute players, and mm-hmm. so three of them will do flute one, three of them will sure. do flute two, or sometimes there's just the one flute part for the whole thing, and that's fine. right. Um, but yeah, it's great. So we do like level three, four, full orchestra mm-hmm. music. So for this past con, we did a. Uh, this is the first year that they wanted us to do a holiday concert. Oh wow! Okay. So we played. Um, Stand at the Symphony, Mark Williams, Perfect. and um, the Richard Meyer arrangement of Ode to Joy, and we did the Dachau arrangement, the full orchestra Dachau of Dance with Tumblers, mm-hmm. um, and we did Fun. a holiday celebration, Bob Cerulli. Okay. And for the concert before then, um, we did Warrior Legacy, New Bold, mm-hmm. Spagna Cani, uh, who was the, uh, I, I can't remember. It's, a, it's an older now. arrangement. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I had I had done some of those previously, but so my my challenge was <coughs> with the level of grade three four was in full orchestra was just selecting repertoire that worked. Tough. That was the the hardest part of that job. You, I agree. agree. <laughs> I comb the lux. Uh, I click category full orchestra difficulty medium or whatever medium mm-hmm. easy whatever it is, and I will comb through thirty pages of stuff. And there out of thirty pages, I might get twelve titles that I like. You right. Know? Yeah. And, and then I look through that, and I save them, and if, and if I decide not to do them for this concert, I'll do them for the next one. Because mm-hmm. there's just, I mean, if we're doing four concerts a year, and we're doing four pieces a concert. It, it, that's a challenge. It adds up. you got to find 16 pieces a right. year. Right, right. Um, and if there's kids that are in the ensemble for three years in a row, or whatever, they that's the level that they're yeah. at. I don't want to redo stuff. What are the age ranges in that ensemble? Uh, I think grade, the youngest, grade ranges. The youngest might be in... Fourth grade and the oldest might be a sophomore in high right. school. Right, but that prefer- but those are outliers for sure. The sure, vast sure. majority, vast majority, I would say ninety percent fall um, sixth through ninth grade. Okay, the ninety sure. percent and really just sixth through eighth grade. Okay, it's mostly middle school. Okay, yeah. <coughs> but that that does prefer- you know gives give you some challenges in terms of trying to make sure like the way that you drive instruction. Uh, you yeah. know, you you have to be able to reach the ninth graders, but still be able to reach a fourth or fifth grader. Yeah. For yeah, sure. And luckily, yeah. the, the younger kids are, are fairly advanced, and so they can mm-hmm. hang in there pretty well. But it definitely presents some challenges. But I'll tell you, it's very satisfying. Like, putting on their concerts, I mean, they when they sound good, they sound good. And yeah. they're excited about it. And, I mean, I didn't get they to play hard. full orchestra until, 
high school, late high school, when right. I was in youth of symphony and whatever. And so these kids are getting to do it since a pretty young age, and a lot of it is arrangements of, of, of great pieces. So they're getting exposed really young to some mm-hmm. great literature. Um, and it's, it's very meaningful. I really, really enjoy yeah. it. And I work um, really hard to be able to do it. Um, and there's still so much that I have to learn. Like, hopefully this week I'll go to a couple um, brass woodwind sessions. I mean, basics for the oboe, that kind of thing. Yeah. You know? um, yeah, there's it's, just things. There's so, there, when we dive into working with wind players, there's so many different techniques that, yeah. you know, we only get so much of um, in college. For sure. Um, and so it, it definitely um, a big challenge to do floor and do it well. Did you get any help? Uh, so we'll do, um, we'll do clinicians. We'll do like a woodwind and a brass clinician for the first rehearsal or two of each concert cycle. Okay. Um, but, you know, it, it even presents different challenges than when you do full orchestra at school. Because at school, you've got your band director. Right. And so usually if you do full orchestra at school, your, your orchestra and your band director are in the same room and you're, you know, mm-hmm. with the same ensemble, usually. Um, but this is just me. And so if I don't bring in the clinician, I've got to figure it out myself. So most of the time... After every rehearsal, I will call somebody that I know that teaches band. And I'll say, let me tell you what happened today. This happened, and I don't really know what to say other than, you know, this and that. And they'll tell me, well, it could be because of this, it could be because of that. Mm-hmm. And, and I you just start to learn the tricks. Yes, for sure. You know, um, at least some of the lingo. Yeah, the lingo and the tricks and, and just trying to figure out um, those, those real specific pedagogical strategies and, and techniques that will help <laughs> them achieve the sound you're looking for, their articulation yeah, for sure. and... Um, the sound, you know, sound and the range. I mean, all the different things with range and tessitura with, with these instruments is definitely a challenge. 100%. So, and how often do you meet then? We meet every Sunday from 1 to 3. Okay. So, once uh, a week is challenging. And how many rehearsals do you get for a concert? It generally? varies. For the two middle concerts, like the holiday one and then the one in February, it's like six rehearsals. Okay. And then the ones before then, it's like between 8 and 10. So, the first, the first concert of the year, I think we have uh, between 8 and 10 rehearsals. Last concert of the year, same thing, but the two middle ones are shorter, five or okay. six rehearsals per concert. Yeah. Um, so I program a little less and and less music for the middle yeah. ones so that they can they can sound good. And, right. And, and they enjoy it. They really do. And they show up every week, and it's it's valuable, and, and it's great. I really enjoy doing it. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. So um, we are here, like we had mentioned earlier, we were in Chicago, um, and you've been several times, but this is the first year that you've presented here at Midwest? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so I'm tell us a little excited. about your about your session and all all that it entails. Yeah, sure. So without um, without giving a spoiler alert, of course. <laughs> we don't want to spoil the surprise, but of course, you know. <laughs> so when I was student teaching, um I think I told you all earlier that I am um, student taught with at Duluth High School, um who's had a, a a long history of of good performances and and they've played at Midwest twice and they've mm-hmm. played at Jimmy A several times and asked and and that school actually won the first NOF in, in oh, wow. Reno. Oh, wow, okay. Um, in Reno, and so, 05. Yeah, so they've got <laughs> a, a long history of success. I student taught there with um, Sean Morton and Peter Lemons, and so they, they taught me a lot. And as I was, I was student teaching, um, Sean and I started talking about, um, you know, just documenting some of the things that we were doing, some mm-hmm. of the um, techniques that she was using to get me comfortable um, with different aspects of teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we... After a couple of, of months of talking about it, and then I went, I started grad school right after that was a big thing. Okay, so I, where, are you, where are you doing that? Um, Florida State University. I'm okay. in the summer Masters of Music Ed. Oh, great. Which we can talk about that after this, too, because yeah. that's been, I mean, life changing. It's been fantastic. Good. Um, and so 
So yeah, so we uh, developed a session um, titled Building a Collaborative Environment Between Student Teacher and Supervising Teacher. Okay. Um, and so we presented it at Jimmy A in January, and then we decided to apply to Midwest, and, and we got in. And it's just all about, um, uh, we read a lot of research about um, the, the balance between, because you know, sometimes you go to student teacher, there are people who are collaborating teachers who will just say, oh, I like to throw my student teacher in front into, the wolves. In, into the wolves <laughs> and have them sort out and just throw them into the deep end of yeah. the pool and they'll swim and it'll be fine. And really, if you read the research, I mean, that doesn't work for everybody. It's just like a right. student. You've sure. gotta, you wouldn't treat a class of 50 kids. You can't teach them all the same way. I mean, some kids are, this is why we have eight ways to teach one thing. Right. Sure. Same with the student teacher. Some people are more comfortable um, with things. I mean, I was pretty aggressive when I started and mm-hmm. I wanted to do stuff. But there are people that are a little shyer and need to start with right. maybe some sectionals or maybe some this and that and the other. Smaller, so, yeah. Um, you know, also just some research on on student perspectives when the collaborating teacher criticizes the student teacher in front of the students oh, yeah. versus te- treating them as a colleague in front of the students and then um, giving them criticism in private right. and reviewing tapes. And, and mm-hmm. so um, we just discussed some of that and some techniques um, that we used to become really close. You know, Sean and I speak every morning on the way to school. And now you're like, but yeah, like, we call like it our conference call because we work so close to each other and have always stuff to talk about. And she, I host the like our evaluations for North County, and she organizes. I host and she organizes, and we do. Um, you just clinicked our our Gwinnett County District Honors Orchestra, right. which we organized together. We started that this year, so that there's always stuff to talk about. And mm-hmm. so we became really close, and so there was different um, ways that we did that. We would go out to to lunch on, on Fridays after school and debrief from the week, and, and we would watch some tapes of me on the podium, watch some tapes of her on the podium. And wow. Talk, just, so it was very thorough. And so, um, and as a student teacher, you know, I was, I was pretty good about being very proactive and getting things off the to-do list. I was very, um, I didn't necessarily wait for them to, to tell me things. I wanted to get, um, I would just kind of do stuff and then and, and keep doing stuff until everything was done that needed to be done. And I wanted to get as much out of the experience as possible. And so, yeah. Um, we kind of touch on all of that in our session, and so Great. we're really excited about that. And what, when is the session? For people listening, and Friday, we're going to post this. Yeah, so for this Friday, Friday, this Friday at three p.m. It's on the Generation Next track. Okay. Um, so building a collaborative environment between student teacher and Great. supervising. Great. Looking forward to that session, yeah, and uh, the listeners, awesome. uh, Friday the twentieth of December here in Chicago. If you're listening uh, from Midwest, uh, come check it out at three o'clock. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's going to be great. So hopefully it goes well. I'm sure it will. I'm a little nervous, but I think once I get there, I'll, I'll relax. Yeah, no, you, you <laughs> definitely will. I mean, it's uh, there's always an anticipation before you present yeah. of what's it going to be like. and, and but um, Thank God Sean's be on fun. stage, too. I yeah. I to take most of, the, yeah. most of the lead on that. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. But, I mean, uh, being in your fourth year of teaching? Third. Third year of teaching and presenting at Midwest is quite the accomplishment. Thank so, you. Yeah, I'm very um, excited about I know that. I'm very proud of you being a former student that you're here doing this. And um, no, I've always lucked out. I've always happened. I don't know. It's not luck. I've been right place, right time with with people that mentor me and, and have taught me. I mean, from middle school all the way to undergrad. Like you know, when I had you as a professor, I've just I've just kind of lucked out and, and had some really great people. And then through student teaching, and then even my first couple of years teaching, just the people that reach out and call me and check on me. Um, I feel very nurtured by my environment. That's um, good. Where I work, I, it probably has to do with because I'm from there, and so people saw me. You know, some of the people that called to check up on me were my seventh grade youth orchestra conductors, <laughs> and so you know, whatever they'll. they'll and so well, it's just nice. I feel very nurtured in that environment. Well, it, nurturing, but we're also very proud of you, and you know, excited for uh, you know our profession and people like you coming into it. You know, new and just making making a difference right away. You know, and. Yeah. 
I mean, you work hard and um, you're always, uh, you always have the right mindset. And, and I think that's, that's a big part of it is just keeping, keeping that positive mindset. You have a goal, you know what you want to do, um, but you are definitely very dedicated in, in all that you do, not just um, at your high school, but with the youth orchestra and you attend professional development, you attend your, your state conference, the national yeah. conferences you've been going to ask to since yeah, we start. We started, yeah, since uh, we started when you were an undergraduate, and that's really important that we all keep, you know, um, we keep fresh. I mean, sure. this is year twenty-four for me, and I'm still attending conferences and, and loving it, loving every minute of right. it. So that's what we have to do to stay fresh and to 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 make it enjoyable and fun, and we learn. And uh, you don't want to be that teacher that teaches, you know, thirty-six years the same way for thirty-six years. Yeah, you know? that's, that's so, gotta get old. Yeah, it definitely gets old. So tell us a little bit more um, about um, FSU. Yeah, about your graduate oh, program. Sorry. Yeah, yeah about no, your graduate program. You know, I, I wanted to um, start a grad degree pretty soon because, you know, I'm single and I, um, I have school. But other than school, you know, I have, I have some time to, to do things. And so before life gets any more complicated, I decided to start a master's degree. Smart. Um, I felt ready. I felt like I could... Um, Give all my attention during the summer. The summer, and I didn't right. want anything that that distracted me during the school year because I just, I mean, even the, even if you have a couple hours at the end of the day, I just mentally didn't feel like I could yeah, devote you. any time of any part of my brain to anything else other than school. Um, right. And so the summer program is great. So I I signed up for the summer program expecting to get you know a master's in music ed out of it. I never imagined that I would meet some of the most amazing people that I have had the privilege of ever of knowing, and I will know them for the rest of my life, I'm sure. I mean, some of the people that, I got to, to, that I've gotten to know have been, have, I mean, we speak on the phone every day. Wow. Like, I've got a good friend who teaches band in Tampa. Her name is Amanda, and every day. I mean, it's, it's weird when I don't hear from her. I'm like, oh, sure. God, I hope she's okay. And she's just, she's amazing. And everybody's um, kind of the same place in life for the most part. The whole mm-hmm. program in general, um, there are a few outliers, but in general, everybody's... Um, Either single or, or married, but with no kids, mm-hmm. and everybody's um, you know between their their I don't know their young twenties and, and mid thirties. Sure, and so everybody's about ten years apart at uh-huh. most, and so um, everybody goes there and lives there for the summer. And we all, after classes, go out and debrief at night and sure. just hang out and have a good time, make memories, and, and have a good time. It's so I look. I mean, I'm uh, this summer will be my London summer because the oh, third wow. summer happens in London at the FSU campus. Very nice. And then I'll be done, and I I'm. I'm excited to be done with um, school, but I'm so sad to know that I, I won't necessarily see all those people every summer. Right. Um, right. After this summer. Well, who's to say that you couldn't years, plan vacations with them? Yeah, I'll we'll have to figure something out. I mean, yeah. I'm going to make them be my friends. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing I've so noticed great. about Florida State, you know, um, having taught in Florida, and you meet people from Florida State, and they have just a connection that not that I've never seen from any other school, you know. Um, that's and that's awesome. just not the summer people, but just the people in general that come out of Florida State are great scholars, great pedagogues, um, and have just, they have it together, you know, and, um, and they also have this, this bond, this connection that I just haven't seen from any other, any other university. You know, and even though I just do the summer program, I feel just as much a knoll as, as, as anybody else that goes mm-hmm. there for however many degrees because, I mean, I think it has to do with things like, I mean, we can't get together without singing the hymn to the garnet and the gold. <laughs> I mean, every time we're together, we've got to sing it at least once, and it's just all this camaraderie that, that's just mm-hmm. so great, and everybody's there for the same reasons, and it's, yeah. it's really been 
amazing. It's been it's such a good thing to do. I'm so glad that I, that for, I did it. For our listeners, it's two complete summers or three? Three complete summers. Three complete summers. And in between the second and third summer. Um, and how many we weeks do, each summer? Uh, six. Six weeks, six okay. Weeks. And in between the second and third summer, you write um, a direct independent study, um, mm-hmm. similar to a, to a thesis. Sure. But, um, but not a thesis. And you pick a major professor, and they help you out with that, and they and you need that completed before you go to London, and then once you're done with So I'm in the process of writing that now. In fact, I had a deadline um, just yesterday, so I spent some time doing that over the weekend. Um, nice. And, and yeah, it's been, it's been awesome. What is, your, what is your topic? I am researching um, most the most performed um, or the most liked pieces from the GMEA LGBT list. Okay. So I'll send a survey out in just a couple of weeks um, to five middle school and five high school orchestra directors from the four most populous GMEA districts and get their um, feedback on what their top five favorite pieces are. I'm going to ask the middle school people for grades one through three, mm-hmm. high school people grades four through six. Great. Um, their, most, their favorite titles from that list. And I'm just going to look through and see commonalities, you know, similarities, differences, sure. and uh-huh. kind of compile a list of, of, of favorites. And then that would be a cool thing to have just in case anybody's looking for some stuff that, they, that, that is tried and true. Right. Um, and so, so that's what I'm doing now. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fantastic. I mean, uh, this has been a really great uh, conversation today, and yeah. it's great for um, everybody to get to know you. Um, <coughs> what's the best way that people can get a hold of you? Do you have uh, an email address that you yeah, can share with us? Yeah, people can email me at um, my school email. I'm on my school email all the time. Well, actually, our school email is going to change pretty soon, but because we're, we're doing, we have the great... Outlook migration. Right oh. now we use Lotus Notes, which apparently is antiquated. It I, is antiquated. I, I didn't know that. <laughs> I, looks good as new to me, but now, <laughs> but now, so now we're all going to use uh, Outlook. I don't know what my Outlook email will be, but my current school email is David underscore Metrio, um, M-E-T-R-I-O, at Gwinnett, um, which has two N's and two T's, G-W-I-N-N-E-T-T dot K-12 dot G-A dot U-S. The world's <laughs> longest email. It's one of the longest <laughs> I've heard in a while. Okay. But yeah, I am on that all the time. I check it all the time, and so okay. that's that's the best way to contact me for sure. Uh, my personal email is uh, that I've had a while. It's still a Yahoo email, and everybody makes fun of me for it. But it's David M eleven ninety five at Yahoo dot com. David so M eleven ninety five at Yahoo dot. Yeah, but I use that for like you know Old Navy coupons and whatever. But everybody, <laughs> <laughs> I use so, my school email for almost everything. So if you have any questions for David, I'm sure he would love to hear from you. And um, I appreciate you taking the time. Um, this morning, and we, we had found out we were on the same flight, yeah. so I was like instantly like, I got to get David on the, the Orchestra Teacher podcast, and um, so, so far we've had, you know, a high school teacher with lots of experience. We had Blair Williams last, uh, last episode from Texas Tech in, to give us some of that uh, teacher training, and now we have David on the kind of the, um, the younger spectrum of our uh, teaching, and um, it's so great, great to hear all that you're doing. Um, again, um, I am super proud, and I know all of your Teachers are just excited about seeing you um, on the national stage here at Midwest and um, looking forward to seeing all the great things that you're going to continue to do throughout your career. So I appreciate you taking the time Thanks. to be with us Thanks today. Thanks for the opportunity, Dr. Laux. It's been great to be on the, on the show. I'm excited about uh, all the other guests that you'll have on the podcast and to continue Yeah, listening. we're going to continue to do it. I'm going to be doing... Be awesome. Yeah, I'm going to be doing a couple um, just informal uh, interviews live uh, here at Midwest. Um, probably from the uh, exhibit hall. So um, we'll be following up uh, this episode with that um, this week and to try to get those uh, processed and out. Um, but don't forget, uh, if you are not currently subscribed, you can subscribe to the Orchestra Teacher Podcast on Apple Podcasts, 
and Spotify. And um, I guess we'll be <coughs> signing off here from Chicago. It is a frigid 20 degrees. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and uh, Awesome we, for my cold. We will see you. <laughs> yeah, I know. Hopefully uh, we, you're feeling better. It'll be fine. Yeah, you'll be great. So um, we will see you guys uh, next time. And thank you again for tuning in to the Orchestra Teacher Podcast.